Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, about to sit down for a meal with our wife, Mia Winters, arguing about a fungal infestation which turned her into a psychotic living zombie before seeing her ruthlessly machine gunned through the window of our house in cold blood. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel J.B. Fury, Bo Shane, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC Gamer, the Sultan of Steam. Disappointed that AFL 23's PlayStation and PC launch has been completely fumbled by Big Ant Studios. It's none other than Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Oh, JB, how are you, mate? Look, they've fumbled it, but they were quick quick to uh, get onto Twitter and say, um, Big Ant Studios are aware of the issues with the initial day one patch for AFL 23 and are working to remediate them at the earliest opportunity. And I had quite the chuckle when uh, Tristan Bakes replied to that Twitter post with a photo of... The interchange bench in the middle of the football field and there's a player standing in it, kicking it to someone on his team who's looking in the complete opposite direction <laughs> and the guy who's standing in the mark is looking in a different direction as well. So, big ant shoot, he's got some work to do. But yes. uh, that was quite funny, I thought. Well, for AFL 23, the Wii U horn. Uh, now, also with us, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. Crying his own tears of the kingdom for reasons we will reveal <laughs> later. It's none other than Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Mm, thank you, Joel. Emotions. I have them. I feel them. Okay. There's nothing wrong with crying. Um, uh, JB will put the number for Beyond Blue in the comments uh, or in the description of the of the podcast, everyone. Nothing wrong with crying, all right? Yes. Nothing wrong with it. Put England James! What? Finally, the Nintendo Queen. <laughs> Pistol, Pisty, Pete. The Pist. Really uh, pissed. <laughs> moving from the quote, complete and utter fuckfest of my time at Porsche to the malware resembling my time at Sandrock. It's none other than Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Thanks, Joel. I'm pretty sure that was all of Simon's quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for, uh, <laughs> Thanks for um, the funny, uh, funny man. And when they remember my wife, they'll remember me. They'll remember the complete fuckfest of my time at <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, Brilliant wow. game. Wow. Well, speaking of complete and utter fuckfests, uh, this one from Sean Murray at thegamer.com. So the knocks just keep on coming for poor Redfall. 
after receiving mixed reviews from both critics and players alike for being an uninspired multiplayer shooter so full of bugs and poor gameplay that it's laughable. Redfall is now one of Steam's lowest rated games ever. Head over to Steam's 250's Hall of Shame and you'll see Redfall 14th from the bottom. The site nominally tracks the best games on Steam using a proprietary algorithm that considers both average review scores and the number of of reviews. Uh, That's why Vampire Survivors isn't higher than Terraria or Stardew. However, that same algorithm can be applied to negative reviews, which has placed Redfall just ahead of Gasp and just behind Umbrella Core. So uh, to give Redfall developer Arcane Studios some credit, Umbrella Core proves that even Capcom can release a rough game, but Redfall is truly something special. It's not just the bugs, which are numerous and occasionally hilarious, and it's not just the graphics and the empty-feeling open world. Neither is it the lack of matchmaking in a co-op game or the brain-dead AI that can't figure out how to attack the player so long as they stand behind a car. It's everything (laughs) combined that just screams an unfinished product was released into the world before it was even remotely ready. It's almost like Arcane purposefully released Redfall to die during a brief (laughs) lull in gaming right before the new Zelda makes us all forget Redfall even existed. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> that's uh, that's now, that's obviously where I we. I don't want to say. I don't want to say. I said it, everyone. But I fucking said it, didn't I? <laughs> launch it. Launch that fucking thing. At least into your nearest fireplace. But if you have a powerful enough cannon, all the way into the where, Ferg? Into the big one. <laughs> The big burning <laughs> bright star in the sky we call the sun. Hmm. Ish. Yes. <clears throat> the fucking sun. Uh, very, Get it out of very here. Very disappointing. Um, I think in the lead up, I think we were all, you know, with all, everything we've seen, we we didn't have high hopes, but the game's out. Maybe we were, maybe I, maybe was kind of hopeful that we might have been proven wrong, maybe that there was something there, but it, yeah. Sounds like it's a bit underdone. Um, I, I mean, I don't think anyone of the DG crews played. My brother is currently playing, and I caught up with him on the weekend, and he gave me his thoughts, and they sound very similar to what you were just rattling off there, JB. Um, he's playing on PC. I don't think it's quite as bad as what it's doing on Xbox as far as you know how it's running and performing and bugs and stuff, but his overall comment was like you said. It just feels like it's undercooked. Like It feels like it needs another six to 12 months he said it was a very um yeah just it he he's described it as it reminded him of a last generation game or even prior to that so some of the ai stuff just dumb like he, he said as an example he he went to a building where he shot someone and there was four characters that all stood up in basically synchronized all turned to the left and all were just running around like they had no brain at all and he sort of said this is stuff that you'd see back in the xbox and playstation one days (laughs) and here we are in 2023 and this is and i think the other thing to remember is this is not like a small developer this is a game a, a game developer that has a track record of putting out unbelievable critically acclaimed games and then what we've got is redfall 
Um, so yeah, very disappointing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. His other comment was this: I reckon this will be the the Gotham Knights of 2023. Give it six months, and it'll be on sale for like nine bucks, and it'll just fade into <laughs> um, nothing. So yes. Mm. Well, to that end, you know, since uh, Arcane um, have uh, released Redfall in a condition similar to Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I've decided to have a dig into some of the user reviews on Metacritic, see what you know everyday people like you and me had to say about this Xbox and PC exclusive. So uh, strap yourselves in, and here we, uh, here we go. I've just I've just grabbed a few oh, highlights that I uh, that I, I quite enjoyed. So this user says, "Had this come out on the 360." It would have still only rated a four or five. The textures and bland colours with no details. Enemy AI seems to have been ported from a Mega Drive game. <laughs> 30 frames per second seems to be the goal and not the actual running rate. Uh, disclaimers on the box stating 60 frames per second performance mode due at a later date so they don't get sued due to it stating <laughs> F 60 FPS on the front of the box art. Um so, yeah, I mean, already uh, coming out of the gate uh, pretty hard there. Mm. Um, so this person says, 30 FPS, first-party title on the most powerful console that's supposed to, quote, eat monsters, according to Xbox execs. <laughs> Nothing more needs to be said. But also look at the characters you can choose from. They're all completely visually off-putting and they talk like Californian Twitter activists. The women look like dudes and the dudes look inbred. <laughs> then there's the horrible performance, Gen 4 AI and bland, dull gameplay and progression. Mm. So, uh, yeah, another another happy customer. Uh, this next, uh, next person says, I really got no clue why Phil 30 FPS Spencer was thinking uh, this was a great thing to release in that state. Buggy, empty world, no cutscenes. I feel bad for the people who actually bought this game. One thing is I wasted 100 gigabytes and power to download it on Game Pass and they've capitalised ass. Uh, <laughs> it's a completely different story to uh, to what waste hard-earned money on this trash game. Um, mm. And now uh, just one, one last one to take us out. Uh, this one really tickled my funny bone for some reason, but uh, uh, here it is. This game is stunning and brave. For too long, we have been beholden to the white male patriarchy with the expectation of good gameplay, smooth frame rates, and minimal problems. Those days are over. Privilege is over. Now we enter the new era of diversity, inclusion, and representation. This game represents what feces looks like when put into a high-watt microwave for two minutes. Avoid at all costs. Wow, we scathing. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I don't know why I feel such a sense of satisfaction at the fact that this much-touted Xbox exclusive that was that previously mm. had a PS5 version announced but was cancelled after Microsoft acquired Zenimax and Bethesda. Um, feel like PS5's really dodged a bullet here mm. um, by, by not having this uh, absolute stinker released uh, on that platform. So, just, yeah. Like, what incentive is there to own an Xbox now? Like, I just, I, to me at the moment, I'm like, 
this I just don't see the incentive. Am I a bit is that a bit like awful to say that? I mean, I don't know if anybody else here sees an incentive to own an Xbox, but I just I don't I don't know. And then if you listen to Phil Spencer as well this week, he kind of said something a bit weird. Like first he apologized for the state of the that the game was in. But then he also said that he doesn't think that good games are going to turn around the fa- like the stock on the Xbox into a favorable and higher earning stock or like in the in the stock market or whatever he said. Something something about how he just doesn't think it's going to increase its value. And it's like, but look at look at what you know, Sony and the whole PlayStation catalog provides people is just non-stop value. So, like, where's yeah. the value in owning this console? I just don't know. Well, when I when I was considering the option of whether to buy a PSVR 2, I also thought to myself, all right, well, what about if I don't buy a PSVR 2 and I buy an Xbox instead so I can get access to the exclusives? And I had a quick scan of the shelf, and most of the games that are on Xbox are also on PlayStation 5. So for a start, you're mm. getting more of the same. You're not getting any of the features of the DualSense controller with the adaptive triggers and, and all the the next-gen stuff that's been built into the controllers. Um, and really, the exclusives like... All right, let's say Starfall turns out to be an absolute cracker of a game, and, and maybe it will. I've got no reason to think it won't. Um the what's what's the you know it's one game out on the system if we assume that the activision blizzard merger is going to fall through which it certainly looks like it will because it's been blocked in the uk which is a huge market for them um yeah then what have they got <clears> left <throat> like phil spencer said they they lost xbox and microsoft lost the most important generation of consoles that that was out there to lose, which was the Xbox One, PS4 generation, where everyone was building up their digital library of games, and um, and so now they're they're left scraping the bottom of the barrel, looking for something to fill that void, and uh, there's there's just not much there. There's mm. not much meat on that bone, as uh, as we yeah, say, as we say quite a bit. Yeah, and I mean, and Redfall was. A lot of people were hoping would be that game. Now, it got delayed. <clears throat> I don't know how many times it got delayed in the end, but there hasn't been an exclusive Xbox, Microsoft exclusive release game for ages. And that was a thing. I mean, I think that probably doesn't make things easier for them either. There's obviously going to be a lot of eyes on it and a lot of scrutiny, but yeah. What this- about like Halo <clears throat> Infinite? That that was meant to be uh, you know, one of their biggest exclusives for the Xbox uh, Series X and mm. what happened there? Well, again, similar to Redfall, they they launched it when it wasn't in an amazing. Oh, oh sorry, I'll I'll go back. What they launched with, what you got was quite good, but it wasn't everything that everyone was waiting for. So it didn't launch with the co op campaign, um, and it didn't take very long for people who bought that game on release to be like, "Well, is this it? Where's the rest of the stuff?" And they've slowly been dribbling it out ever since, mm. but. Again, it didn't launch with all the bells and whistles that everyone sort of hoped for. So that's where it sort of dropped the ball in that case. But yeah, I don't know. Starfield will be is the next one. So we'll, we'll see how they go. But again, one game. And I think Phil Spencer said this during the week as well. Like people aren't going to buy an Xbox just to play Starfield. No, he, shit no. He, they're not banking on that. So Well, most people have a PC, even if it's yeah. just an average PC. 
and I can still buy Starfall, Starfield, Starfield on PC. Mm. So, uh, whereas at least with the PS5 exclusives, they're you know they're only on PS5 for a length of time before they come to PC usually. Um, mm. So. Mm. Uh, and and then when they do, we've got like The Last of Us <laughs> mm. remastered with yeah. all of its weird bugs that uh, need to be ironed out. Mm. That was a bit of a you know, like it, in a weird way, I find that to be something that's kind of excusable, considering the fact that for for Sony and for PlayStation, at least when you play those games on PlayStation, the experiences are tight and they're really really good, and they they launch good as well like I, I can't even think of a playstation exclusive that i've played like a first party sony game that i've played that hasn't released in a state that feels finished much not dissimilar to, to nintendo you know a lot of their games always feel like they're at least finished at launch when they're first party developed i mean that's excluding pokemon which to me Pokemon is is really like a subcategory. It's not really first party developed because it's developed by Game Freak and taken care of by the Pokemon company almost separately to Nintendo's development um, sort of area. But I just don't, I don't know. This just feels like to be a common sort of trend that's happening now on on Xbox. And I mean, that's, that's not even like they've got many games for, for it to, to be a part of that, but that's what's happening at the moment. And it's just kind of sad. Yeah. I need a hay fever tablet. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Redfall, you get the, uh, the Wii U horn. Mm. And uh, now we're going to throw over to you, Ferg, for a bit of, a bit of news on uh, the new <laughs> Star Wars. New Star Wars game. So yes, I mean, we think about some of the biggest releases and most anticipated games of 2023, and I reckon this one definitely makes a lot of people's lists. So, uh, released April 28th was Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, there it is. So, it's been released oh, on... Erect. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> PS, <laughs> PS5, um, Xbox Series X and PC. So, what I thought I'd do is... Yeah, how's it going? What are, what are the reviewers thinking? So, currently... Sitting on Metacritic with a meta score, this is PS5, 86 out of a out of a hundred mm. with a hundred reviews. So bloody that's, that's uh, in, pretty respectable. <clears throat> that's in the great game territory. So Xbox Series X is similar, I think it's eighty five or something. Um PC, not so good. I'm gonna get that to that in a second, but um, some of the reviews kicking around, let's see, what did IGN have to say? They gave the game a nine out of a ten. So they said, um, with, a, with a new set of larger, more diverse and densely packed worlds to explore and a memorable cast of returning characters, Survivor tells a story that may be predictable but is still fun and at times emotional to watch play out. Launch performance issues aside, it's a sequel that does virtually everything better than the original, which was already an expe- exceptional Star Wars game. If Respawn make one more thing like this, it'll complete the best Star Wars tri- trilogy in 30 years, hands down. So that was from Dan Ooh. Stapleton. Wow. Who else we have? GameSpot gave it an 8 out of a 10. They said, Survivor builds on Fallen Order in several meaningful ways, tightening up the combat mechanics, expanding the variety of lightsaber styles, alleviating the frustrating frustration of platforming and puzzles and digging into less mainstream Star Wars laws to tell a fantastic story about a Jedi trying to defeat a tyrannical evil at all costs and coming to the realization that you can't 
just fight for good. You have to fight for good in the right way. It's a superb Star Wars game that gets into the nitty-gritty of the struggle of what it takes to be a Jedi Knight to begin the journey towards the master, the rank of master. So, great reviews. Now, again... We've got a we've got another contender in the ring for our worst PC port of 2023. So we've had some we've had some crackers <laughs> already. Probably the last of us being the number one. But um, mm. unfortunately, this game has been marred with all kinds of issues on the PC. So um, the Metacritic score for PC, I think, is about 77. So still good, but a lot of frustration. Um, you can just go to Steam. I think it's it launched. I think the approval rating early on was about 27 percent. They've had a few big patches that have sort I of... I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> ...that have addressed a lot of the issues. Um, and now it's sitting about a 57. But, um, yeah, unfortunate. Again, it sounds like, and I haven't played it, but the critics and everyone that's played it saying this is an amazing game. But it's just disappointing that, again, the PC crowd are getting sort of bent over, so to speak, and not getting Ooh. a finished and good PC port, which is disappointing. So, like you, JB... I went looking and I came across a few uh, few reviews that sort of made me chuckle. So I got a bit of a highlight reel of some of the uh, negative um, reviews that were left on Steam for uh, right. for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So All right, um, give them to I'm us. just going to rattle off. Here's, here's one of them. Star Wars CPU Survivor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, this game runs like my grandmother with a broken hip. Oh, dear. I need a, <laughs> you need a computer from a galaxy far, far away to run this thing. What else we got? Cost more money than you get frames per second. <laughs> well, that's that's every game, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, the game game runs as well as Brendan Fraser and the Whale. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, emotional damage. Look, they've they've released a few patches. They're addressing these things, but on launch, a little bit disappointing for the PC. And and to add a bit more salt to the wound, um, there's also reports kicking around, and, and I think this is primarily for PC. I don't think the console um, players have been affected, but um, Jedi Survivor pre-order and deluxe edition bonuses are going missing. So there's reports of people that have pre-ordered this game basically getting all the bonuses and then coming back to play the next day, and they've all gone disappearing somewhere. So... Yeah, oh so some of the uh, choppy performance and optimization isn't the only issues with, uh, yeah, some players who forked out a whole stack of money for the deluxe upgrade DLC um, who pre-ordered are finding that following a recent patch, their bonus items have now vanished. So, um, yeah, disappointing. So for anyone uh, planning to buy uh, Star Wars <laughs> Jedi Survivor on PC, you might want to hold your... <laughs> I think you might just want to <laughs> wait a couple of weeks until they iron all the kinks out, and then I think you're in for some fantastic fun. Um, the original game, I know you played JB. I've started playing and really enjoyed it. So I had a few, I don't know, a few, not issues with the game, but there's a few things which I didn't think were quite done unbelievably well, and it sounds like they've gone back and sort of remedied, remedied a lot of these things. So, mm. yeah, it sounds like a winner. If you like the first game... Um, yeah, consoles, good to go. PC, maybe wait until they iron out some of these kinks and then, yeah, definitely worth going and checking out. So, you know, whenever a game gets over 85 on the Metacritic, you're in, yeah, it's pretty decent. That's decent territory there. Yeah, all right. Well, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. <laughs> go and pick it up for your <laughs> console, but not for your PC yet. Yes, unless you have a PC from a galaxy far, far away. 
and a grandma with a broken hip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, Steely. So Steely, throwing it over to you oh. for some info that's yeah a bit hard to take for a few Nintendo fans out there. What do you got? Okay, now this this all right. Have, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom has completely leaked. Now this is pretty disappointing news. And look, I don't even think it's necessarily completely disappointing for fans, but I think for the creators as well. But I'll go into this. I've got some stuff to say about this. So okay, um, without getting into too much sort of boring detail, there are a handful of people who received the game early, either due to you know Amazon shipping mistakes or what have you. Um, and one of these people have figured out, I guess, how to emulate the game on PC. So now thousands of people are playing the game ahead of its launch on PC illegally. So now, mm. who wants waffles? Who wants waffles? Because I'm <laughs> heating up. Are you ready for this? Oh, give it to us. Here's a bit of a story for you. Now, for those of you over 30 would remember a program back in the day, which um, which for those of you playing at home, back in the day is a time relative to when you were coming of age or thereabout. <laughs> um, it was a program called LimeWire. Now, I, now, so I don't get people in the comments um, calling me out, you know. or what comments? In the comments. Oh, okay. It's what they say <laughs> on YouTube. Um <laughs> Or fucking vegans from Mars sending me hate mail. Um, here's a disclaimer for you. All right. I used LimeWire when I was growing up to its full capabilities. I was downloading about <laughs> as much Jamiroquai as a 16-year-old virgin could handle. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was the space cowboy. All right. I even heard stories of people downloading pornography on the program. More right? gold is required. stories about it. <laughs> heard stories about it. What are you going on about? The point I'm trying to make here is, at some point, I started to feel yuck downloading music for free from artists that I like because I wanted those artists to keep making music, and so I felt like it was kind of like I wasn't supporting them. And as an artist myself, I still feel that way today. So um, I, I was not one to be into downloading things from um, BitTorrent when that was kind of popular to do. Uh, when that was the new new kid on the block after LimeWire closed down. And, like, the only time I think I've ever emulated a game is when a game itself is not available on as, as legacy content on a console um, that I'm currently using, so on any current-gen console, or it's not for sale on the shelf, right? So, now, mm-hmm. this is just my opinion, um, but... <laughs> but if you want these game companies... To keep making the games that you love, don't fucking do this. Don't start emulating these fucking games out of your basement, in your bloody wank pads or wherever you play your video games. All right? If you do, if you are one of the thousands of people playing the game and attempting to spoil the experience for everyone else as well, fuck you. Seriously. You lead pathetic excuses of, uh, no, sorry, you, you are pathetic excuses for human beings. So what I would like you to do is shit yourself every day in your own pants for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> and I hope you enjoy playing the game a week early, you impatient little shit-coated scones. Fucking you, you fucking, fucking you, bloody, you, bloody, you, bloody, bastard, bitch. It's you out for Friday, you. for bloody fuck's fuck sake. You, bloody, fucking mother, bloody, so, fuck, bitch. 
but that that really got up my goat this week. Um, I I don't know how everybody else feels about this, but I'm much more for supporting the people that make this industry that we love um, so great. It's full of incredible experiences, and I think the moment you go and take advantage of that, you basically it's it's like someone coming to your house and and you know taking photos for you like professional photos for you inside your house of you and your family and then you telling them that you've connected their camera to the cloud and you've downloaded the photos and you're not going to pay for it anymore and telling them to fuck off like it's a dick <laughs> move um yeah, like, it's pretty shitty at the end of the day it's just, <clears throat> yeah like i mean what does everybody else think am i being overreactive or is this not a not a good thing no nah, it's just it's a shit thing i hope Somehow they can somehow police this and crack down on some of this stuff. I don't know how you do that, but surely there's a way. I mean, I've watched guys on YouTube hack into Indian call centers, so surely someone can work out where old mate's buddy downloaded this from and buddy get a SWAT team over there and kick in a door and I don't know. But, yeah, it's disappointing. I think what's most disappointing is as someone – and I haven't pre-ordered the game. I'm not going to get it on launch, but if I was like you, Steely and C-Mac, hanging out for this game like i was on just facebook the other day and i'm scrolling through and i saw leaked photos of the like the inside of the switch box and the artwork and stuff and it's like why do i i don't want to see that what why am i getting exposed to this stuff like that's not wrong like what do i have to do just not open up my mobile phone any apps until the game comes out like why do i have to go and be a hermit so i don't have to come across spoilers without you know you know what i mean like like so, an old bloke <clears> in a trench yeah. coat at a playground flashing you his penis pretty much it's like <laughs> yeah yeah like, just like that <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so anyway it's disappointing uh, but um yeah yeah i mean it might be impressive what you're seeing but uh you'd rather yeah you'd rather have uh, <laughs> discovered it on your own terms just solicited <laughs> yeah yeah solicited yeah, just a bit of consent. A bit of uh, gaming consent would be nice. Mm. But in, in a positive yeah. spin, C-Mac, Steely, what are the excitement levels like over there for a bloody new Zelda oh, game? Are you keeping it under wraps? Oh. Have we got a have we bloody, as well, the Simon, prince of pre-orders? Simon didn't have didn't you... even know what day it came out. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what day it came out because I just want it now. <laughs> oh, my God. I want it now. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. Anyway. Very... Yeah, no, we're really excited about it. We can only play it when the kids go to bed, though. So yeah. we're only going to be getting a tiny bit of play in. Is they going to be getting some so early nights? Yeah. Going forward? They, they sleep early, so it's good. So, yeah. They, yeah, they go to bed early anyway. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yes. So that's, that's a good thing. But I, oh, um, I'm, I always get really excited about a Zelda game, and I'm especially excited because I've even some of the stuff that Nintendo has shown, I've chosen not to watch. Mm. So they've even they've shown more of the game since their little ten minute playthrough that um, our Numa did uh, a little while back, and I've just chosen not to look at it because I'm like, well, no, I don't really want to see anymore. Yeah. I've seen enough. I know what the quip of the game is. I'm ready to play now. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Friday. It should be a really a really good time. Nice. You know, just yeah. getting in there, use my ultra hand. Um, I mean, I use my ultra hand all the time, mm. but make sure you got some tissues there with hey. you when you. Uh, playing. <laughs> that's what I was getting at. Anyway, um, no, but anyway, so um, that's uh, yeah, that's that's just a little bit about that. Sorry to be so negative, but um, out out with some with some more uh, in other news, something a bit more light hearted. The Super Mario movie, everyone, wahoo! 
hit another milestone last week, okay. surpassing what was it again, Doctor? One million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more like one billion dollars, am I right? Wow. <laughs> it's not a one quiche. billion dollars. Um, you know, and it, I, if I was Chris Pratt right now, I would just be on top of the fucking world because mm. not only that, but another film of his, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, has just beaten uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie's first week on the in the box office. So it's yeah, now nice. knocked it out um, as far as its debut in the box office. I, I don't know why they call it the box office. Why do they call it the box office? It's just an office in the that's box. That's where you buy the tickets. Oh, the box. the box office. Yeah, I get you. Office. All right. Where you got to buy your box. I get it now. In yeah. The office. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so um, he's just, you know, in two of the best performing films At the of same the time. year. Mm. And uh, one of them is one where people just were trying to shit on him for it. And he's come out and done a fucking great job. And so I just, I'm really frothing at the the prospect of the mario movie doing a billion dollars i mean i'm looking forward to seeing what else nintendo turns into a movie i'd love to mm. see a metroid movie or a star fox movie or a um or a zelda anime or a mm. or a, i don't know just anything um i'll take anything at this point nice well chris Dildos, mushroom anal beads. here we come Mm. He nice didn't even work. say that in the movie. No, exactly. No. I'm really glad they didn't put that shit in the movie. <laughs> it didn't. I mean, we're getting we're getting derailed. But I, watching the movie, I didn't think he really put too much of an accent on. Or was that just me not picking up? I thought like he no. sort of didn't really try to. Yeah, he didn't overplay. Yeah, he didn't overplay it, which I thought was probably a good move. He didn't no. need to. So I think they did it really well. They they acknowledged the fact that it wasn't going to sound like the game early on. Charles Martinet was in there doing his bit and they just got on with it and turned it into its own thing and it stands alone really really well so well done to everyone that created that what a fucking triumph mm-hmm. um but that's all i wanted to talk about this week everyone so i've nice. um you know a bit of a variety this week shit the bed and one bit of this side of things and then uh cleaned up the shit from the bed with the other bit of stuff that i talked about so me <laughs> the sigh of being married to me wife <laughs> well Thanks for that, Steely. Now is time for this week's novelty segment. I know what boys like. I love a good novelty segment. I know what boys like. Boys like. Boys like. slip it. Yeah. (laughs) And this week, we are going to discuss favorite console exclusive games or game series of all time. And to kick things off, we're going to go with you, Ferg. What do you got for us? What have I got for you, JB? Well, there's a few that came sprung to mind. um, And I'll start off with the first one. I probably would have picked this one, but I've talked about this a few times in the last week, so I'm not going to. And that's none other than the Halo series. So... Obviously exclusive to the Xbox originally, but now Xbox and PC, incredible games. And, you know, we were talking before, like, who's buying an Xbox? If someone came to me and said, the console walls have just broken out, you need to choose your alliance with A, Xbox, B, PlayStation, or C, Nintendo, who are you going with? I'd I'd still pick Xbox. 
for no other reason than the Halo franchise and the series and just how much mm. I've loved those games over the years. And still to this day, my first time ever playing Halo Combat Evolved, I could tell you where I was, what we were doing, and just how wow, just blew my mind. So um, Halo for sure. I've already talked about it a lot, so I'll, I'll move on. The other one I wanted to give a shout out to was, look, the Pokemon game series, obviously an exclusive to Nintendo across a number of different consoles over the years. And it's crazy to think that we nearly had 30 years of Pokemon games. So all the way back, I think the original came out in about 96, I think it was, in Japan on the Game Boy. And then obviously the latest games came out early, late last year, sorry. So again, Mm. Pokemon, unbelievable. But I wanted to pick something a little bit different and not quite a series, but more a game in particular and plus its its follow-up game. And that's... uh, None other than a little game that came out in 2003 on the Xbox, and that was Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Um, This game was developed by BioWare back in the day, um, and there was a sequel that followed it, which is crazy. It came out the year after in 2004, Knights of the Republic, Old Republic 2, developed by Obsidian. But both games, I think now you can obviously play them on PC. I think there's even mobile versions of these games, but they're exclusive to Xbox back in the day. And still to this day, easily my favorite Star Wars game that I've ever played. I still think they hold up as, yeah, some of the best Star Wars games that exist. And there's quite a few of them these days. And there's quite a lot of good ones as well. So um, I don't know. I think what made these games so good, obviously they're role-playing games. And, you know, I think you had, you basically collect a, a character, a style of character. I think there was a soldier and a scout and a scoundrel. And then from there, you picked a Jedi class, um, which guardian, sentinel and counselor. And then it basically gave you, there was just an sort of an unlimited, um, there was unlimited possibilities on how you would make your character uniquely yours. So you could, you know, different skills you could put points into. There was force powers, um, and you could just build a completely unique character your to how you wanted to play the game. And what made this game so good was it was it was the first game I ever played that had this sort of system in it. And since then, there's been some other fantastic games that do it. And I think of Fallout New Vegas, which was this sort of good and evil sort of um, karma type path that you had. So obviously, in Star Wars, a big thing of it's you're either on say the good guys, the Sith or the good guys being the Empire, and you could basically, throughout the game, make decisions which would affect... Um, but had effect across the board on the story, on the skills, and what you could do. So if you wanted to be a Sith Lord, you could be. If you wanted to be the next Luke Skywalker, you, you could be. And what that left you with was just, I don't know, a story where you had to make the decision on what path you wanted to to go down and i think typically star wars games in particular you're the good guy and the sith are the bad guys and you very much gotta this is you have to go down this path and do the right thing whereas this game basically presented all of the story all of the dialogue options that was really quite neutral and from the beginning you weren't sort of like oh this these this sort of faction is definitely the good guys so this is what i want to do you had to sort of make your own judgment call and it just left I don't know, it just made the game feel so much more meaningful when you could have a character uniquely yours and also experience a Star Wars universe and sort of story where you sort of sat in the middle of what was the right and wrong decision, but that was only based on what you believed in your own mind. So, um, yeah, unbelievable games. 
even now they still hold up quite well. There's a few gaming mechanics which haven't aged unbelievably, but they're still fantastic story-driven games. So, yeah, can't go past Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Yes, fantastic I agree. Fantastic game. Mm-hmm. I did play Knights of the Old Republic 1 and loved it. Yeah, it was amazing. I don't think I ever played number two, but um, yeah, number one was definitely one of mm. my favourites from back in the day. Classic. Didn't, didn't I think you can get them was... on Nintendo Switch now. Oh, is it on sure. Switch, is it? Yeah, nice. Like a remastered version or something. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe just upscaled to, you know, a, a, a decent frame rate, but they're, they're on there at the moment anyway. Yeah, nice. As a part of, uh, yeah. And there's, I mean, it's, you know, being the... Uh, the guys always looking for gaming deals. These are games that regularly come up on Steam for like four dollars. Like I think new at the moment they're like fifteen to twenty bucks, but you can get them for like nothing. So, um, yeah, if you like yeah. Star Wars and that universe, and you've got the ability to play it on PC and obviously Switch, and I think even mobile, yeah, if it's on sale and you see it and you're interested, definitely worth going checking up. Great, great games. Well, thanks for that, Ferg. Uh, next, we'll throw to you, Casey. What do you got? Yes. Sorry. Um, my game series, I guess you could call it, a, well, it is a series. Is, <laughs> thank you. Paper Mario, the Paper Mario series. Mm. Really, in particular, just the first one and the second one, but because <laughs> the rest of them suck. But, yes, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door and the original Paper, Paper Mario on the Nintendo system. Now, I was saying to Simon, Paper Mario was my favourite game growing up pretty much, along with Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and all of that. But it's kind of the game that got me sort of back into gaming because I just remember not playing much and then winning. I won the Kino one night at the pub and I won exactly the amount of money to the dollar to buy a new 3DS. And... I went, I was like, you know what, this is fate. i got to go buy the new 3DS because I'm dying to play, you know, Paper Mario Sticker Star. So, yeah, I went and got it and got Sticker Star. Sticker Star sucked. But then I met Simon and then we kept playing games. And something about Paper Mario and, yeah, obviously you can't play on any other console. It's just exclusive to Nintendo. So, yeah, i definitely say that's that's my all-time favourite game exclusive to a console because, yeah, it always reminds me of that time that, Got me back into gaming, I guess. Mm. Mm. Nothing, so, like uh, of, <clears throat> nothing like a bit of nostalgia. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Some, something about the nostalgia of it, and like I could keep playing. I could pick it up now and go nuts with that game again. And I'm and there's rumors, very very light rumors about perhaps Thousand Year Door being remastered. But fingers crossed for that. But getting a bit of traction now. Simon thinks mm. it's very credible, but he's the he's the rumor king, so. Oh, look, I just think that it's kind of a no-brainer. I th- feel like Nintendo has to do this. For a series that um, quite clearly now has more bad games in it than good games, um, even though it started off really well. I mean, the first two games, you can go back. I, I started playing with Sticker Star because that's what Casey bought on the 3DS. So when I met Casey, I, first of all, was just like absolutely blown away by her and then i lent her into all of my 3ds games <laughs> oh my um, i walk in the room and i'm like i hear that she's got a 3ds and she plays games i'm like take them all play them all and then um once we started dating she was like oh look play sticker star it's all right like see what you think and then you know we'll go back and we'll play the other ones and i played sticker star and i was like oh yeah this this is a bit boring 
Um, I don't know why she likes Paper Mario so much. And then we played Paper Mario on Virtual Console on the Wii U. And I was like, oh, hang how on, hang did on. they fuck this up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Wii U horn. But fucking hell, I, I tell you what, what a beast of a system. But yeah, like, um, but they keep... <laughs> how do they fuck it up? And then, you know, like... But they must know that this franchise, this this series in the game is actually very popular because they just continuously keep making games for it. But the fact that, that they might be going back to the roots of the what made the game great in the first place and what made it so popular is really exciting. So, yeah. I'd like to think so. Because Thousand Year Door, just to champion what Casey said, has so much originality and the and creativity and was incredible, just ahead of its time. It really was, um, yeah. And still such a great game to play. And that's the thing. That's what I love about it is it's a game that I, it doesn't, for me, just have a nostalgia hit. It's actually really, it's a really good game. Yeah. It's just really, I don't know, tactical, really fun i don't know yeah play it the measure of a great game that keeps you wanting to go back and play it again and again after yeah. you've finished it you know mm. the... i can't even tell you how many times i've played that game it's actually nuts and i know every single in and out secret of, of both of them it's yeah. bad <laughs> and there's not a lot of rpg games like that i'd go back and play no me neither they take a lot of time dra- and drags effort. yeah they're... and i do find this does drag but you know, I know, I know my way around. Make that it case is like a walking, breathing fucking walkthrough for these games. So when <laughs> we were playing them, my experience was just next level. You know, I'd be like, "Oh, I don't know how to do this," and she'd just tell me how to do it, and it'd be amazing. You know, your memory remember. Like it's funny what like um muscle memory for yeah. for a game sometimes when you've played it so much. But yeah, yeah, nice, very, very good. Um, fans of the uh, who are following the DG Crew Discerning Gamer Instagram page might have spied. I went to the uh, Adelaide Comic and Toy Fair the other week and did come across a few classic Nintendo 64 games. And I did see Paper Mario and I sent a photo around. It was Someone was selling it for $300. Fuck so hell. I think that probably uh, <laughs> also that speaks a bit of volume about how popular it still is in the community as far as people looking to add Paper Mario to their collections. So... Yeah, that was a bit of a tidbit. Yeah. If you're if you're not following the Instagram page, go and do that. Um, also, I, I just love that Kino story as well, C Mac. I know you've told that one again on the podcast. I think Have that's I? great. Probably, yeah. yeah very I think, exciting. I I'm think still early excited on, about it. Yeah, it's a great story. Um, Joel's going to put the Beyond Blue number in. He's also going to put in the uh, gambling helpline of Australia for anyone <laughs> that's uh, maybe uh, spending a little bit but more time was on the Kino story. Yeah, well, look at what you can do if you gamble your money. You can go that's... to Dick Smith when it was available, when it was around, and get a pink, small pink 3DS. That's what we that's need more in our community: some some feel good gambling stories. You know, that's it. We never yeah, hear the. Go. We always hear yeah. the bad stories, don't we, Joel? We yeah. need the uplifting ones. Yeah, we never hear about the winners. <laughs> I lost my house to gambling, but I could at least afford a Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> Yeah, uh, good times. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Casey's probably going to the pub now to try to win three hundred bucks for Paper Mario and Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, or an Xbox. Oh, I've just never, <laughs> never had luck since. I do need the gambling hotline. I've never had luck since. No. Yeah. Oh dear. All right. Uh, we'll throw over to you, Simo. What uh, What is your favourite console exclusive game of all time? Now, so here's a, a, a game series exclusive to a platform that's never had a dud. 
and I can say that comfortably. Um, it's it's started off. Uh, it not only was this series a pioneer for games um, of its type and of its genre when it first released, but it has continued to be the benchmark of 3D platforming um, year in, year out, and it is the 3D Mario series on, respectively, of course, Nintendo consoles. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, starting with yeah, much dramatic <laughs> epicness. Um, starting with, uh, obviously, Super Mario 64, which, uh, as again, was just a mm-hmm. an absolute push into the future as far as games are concerned, but for a series to take a step into a completely different medium and nail it the first time mm. is something that I just, I don't think really happens. I mean, even like, I mean, look, I enjoy Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 um, and I enjoy a lot of 3D Sonic games, but the constant nature of Sonic games always changing uh, the way that you control Sonic or changing the core dynamic of the game um, just shows that it's never been in a place that is steady enough for it to hold its own. Whereas I feel like 3D Mario as a series has only gotten better and better and better and better as it's gone and more tight and more fun to control. And um, it somehow continues to give you that snappiness and that feeling that you had when you very first started playing Mario 64, but it's only gotten better over time. It's just aged like a fine wine, except mm. for the the wine, they just keep putting new grapes in it for some reason. I don't know. It's a really weird wine. But it, like when you go from that and then obviously to the GameCube when there was Super Mario Sunshine, I only just played Super Mario Sunshine again when I met Casey. I, I never actually played it when I was growing up, which I, I don't even know why I didn't. I mean, it must have been when, uh, you know, there was a bit of an ultimatum in our house that um, if we were to get a, an Xbox and and because uh, we all wanted to play GTA San Andreas. And if we were going to get an Xbox, we had to get rid of the GameCube. And oh, I kind of caved into that, which is still one of those things that I kind of pseudo regret to this day because I loved my GameCube. Um, but unfortunately, none of the more mature people in the household <laughs> did at the time. Mm. Um, uh, Here we go! <laughs> <laughs> But, um, uh. you know, Super, Super Mario Sunshine is an absolute blast. It just kind of, I love the way that there is, a, you know, it introduces this sort of d- dynamic in Mario games to come of this different sort of skill that Mario's given, yet, you know, it doesn't completely destroy the dynamic of what is a 3D Mario game. You know, I think you with Flood in Super Mario Sunshine, you're able to do things like hover or... Um, spray stuff to clean it up and and spray graffiti off or create, you know, do puzzles with it and fight enemies with it. But um, then there are times where Flood's taken away from you and you have to just kind of play the games if you're playing Super Mario 64 and it's kind of jarring and it's interesting because you have to do it, like, and jarring in a good way, but it's interesting because you have to go through all these platforming levels just forgetting all of the skills you've just learned and try and do it based off of your own skill as a player. And I find that to be really clever. And I've loved how over the years, I mean, that's obviously morphed throughout the years into, you know, Super Mario Odyssey, where I mean, I'm not 
not skipping Galaxy 1 and 2 by any means, but in Super Mario Odyssey where there are times where you're left without Cappy and you have to do certain things without Cappy and it's a very similar concept. And I find that to be um, just really interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I think as I was saying as well at the very start of this long and long-winded um, amble that I'm going on, mm. uh, <laughs> there has not been a bad one in that series. Like every single one of those games is incredible and mm. in my eyes i don't even find every single 2d mario game incredible like i'm not a huge fan of super mario brothers the original game I, i'm not a massive fan of it i love super mario brothers 3 and, and super mario world and um you know uh, i don't mind some of the new super mario games like they're fun but they don't make me ever go oh, i really want to go back and play them like you know, the 3D Mario series where I go, I could go back and play each and every one of those games, even though I feel like Super Mario 64 has not aged very well. You can still go back and play all of them start to finish and love it. And so that's why I think it's just the absolute goat mm-hmm. of, um, of you know, a, a console exclusive game. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Great games. Odds for you. All right, so the one that I'm going to throw out there is um, Ghost of Tsushima on oh, PlayStation yeah. 4. It was the first console that it was exclusively on. Uh, of course, there's now a, a PlayStation 5 version as well. Um, it's a fictional tale told with fictional characters, but it's based on the very real invasion of Japan by the Mongol Empire in 1274 that began on the island of Tsushima. So you take control of Jin Sakai, uh, capably acted by the man in the high castles, Daisuke Suja, who starts off as a samurai before a disastrous battle against the invaders, quickly teaches him that perhaps the honourable but restrictive ways of the samurai code might not be enough to deal with his new and existential threat. Um, the story was amazingly told. The villain, uh, Koten Khan, was ruthless and memorable. One of the best video game villains uh, of all time, in my opinion. Um, the game is everything an amazing samurai game should be. Uh, it leverages the style of Akira Kurosawa, um, who's a, a person held up as someone across all film genres that, that everyone tries to copy, including... George Lucas with the lightsaber battles of Star Wars. So uh, Kurosawa, you know, amazing samurai director, you know, from back in the day. Mm. Um, so Ghost of Tsushima is just incredible. You've got different stances that you can have with your, with your uh, sort of fighting style and each one is meant to sort of battle against a certain type of enemy. Um the story in it is is amazing. The environments are amazing. It's um, it's obviously uh, done by the development studio Sucker Punch, who um, is a, a first party PlayStation studio, and people just cannot wait for the possibility of a Ghost of Tsushima two um, if that ends up coming out. So um, yeah, I mean you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who's played it who hasn't got a good good thing to say about it it's, it's amazing i know it's one of steely's mm. favorites as well oh i fucking love it and you know like i think sucker punch as a studio is just 
incredible. Uh, obviously, started off making games like Sly Cooper and then the Infamous series, which is just uh, mine and Kate, one of my mine and Casey's favorite series to this day. I think number one and two are just incredible games. Um, and Second Son, obviously, being not too bad as well for the PS4. But this um, just carries on a lot of the things that I think those series did really, really well um, with, you know, not not just like the morality system, but I think more about the whether or not you go down, you know, choosing the path of a samurai or choosing the path of being a bit more of like a rogue. And it handles it so delicately and so well that either way feels like a, a, an option you know it it feels like a, you know with some morality systems um they can often feel like oh it just doesn't really feel like right for this character to be a bad guy um in this game it's like yeah it feels right if he was to choose to be a samurai and uphold honor and all that kind of stuff but it also feels right for him to go the other way and mm. i just it's m- magic to, to be a japan fuck boy and play that game <laughs> is just incredible you walk through the the island of Tsushima and is just the most beautiful experience. But not to mention going up, walking up behind a, a, a one of the Mongols and and saying like, "Hey, you!" And then they stand there and they're looking at you and you do this really dramatic fucking you know standoff. And then you just go, your arm goes up diagonally and you just you just sliced them. I just love it. I think the imagery is amazing and the way that they created that dramatic style in the game of what, you know, those films, those samurai films had created uh, before is just incredibly amazing. Just what a fucking game. Yeah, what a power. Well, on that note, that's about all the time we have for this week on the Descending Gamer podcast. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thank you. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And thank you to Simon Steely McLaughlin. Well, my pleasure, JB. It was great to have emotions with everyone this week. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, uh, Casey C Mac Pistol Pete uh, McLaughlin. Thank you very much. The pissed. The pissed. Thanks, Joel. The <laughs> fucking pissed. Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you want to reach out to us, we are on uh, yeah all the social medias, uh, including YouTube now. There's uh, a couple of videos up there for you to smash your eyeballs onto if you want to um, <laughs> have a look at what I've been playing lately. And, uh, yeah, we'll bloody see you next week. See ya. Bye. Next week, everyone. You know, it's funny at the end of every episode, we run out of time, but we never run out of rosemary or parsley or sage. <laughs>